The year was 2001. This was on the radio. Now that she's back in the atmosphere with drops of Jupiter in her head. But she caught me on the counter. It wasn't me. Saw me banging on the sofa. It wasn't me. This was on your TV. I spent $40,000 on shoes and I have no place to live? We were on the break! 39 days, 16 people, one survivor. Americans fell in love with animated movies. It's gonna be fun. We can stay up late, swapping manly stories, and in the morning, I'm making waffles. And big franchise films. Everyone had a flip phone, and Apple released the first iPod. iPod, a thousand songs in your pocket. Low-rise, bedazzled jeans, trucker hats, and juicy couture tracksuits were all the rage. As tacky as that was, it got worse. Rudy Giuliani was Time's Person of the Year, and everyone remembers where they were on September 11th. Yesterday marked the passage of 22 years since the World Trade Center collapsed. A whole person has been born and graduated college since America suffered its worst terrorist attack. But after all these years, no one's really talking about 9-11 that much. No massive news coverage or fanfare. Remember that slogan, never forget, that was used back in the day? Well, that quickly faded away. And that united feeling was back in a time when we had more of a collective identity. Like the quote in L.P. Hartley's novel, The Go-Between, the past is a foreign country. They do things differently there. It was a time that you could rename French fries to freedom fries and not be accused of cultural appropriation. It was a time that building a mosque near Grand Zero was offensive, but now it's offensive to even mention radical Islamic extremists. It was a time before safe spaces and microaggressions. It was a time when Pride Month wasn't celebrated more than July 4th. It was a time when politicians were lauded for their patriotism, not their gender, sexual orientation, or race. It was a time before men could get pregnant. It was a time when saying that men should use only men's restrooms wasn't a controversial statement. It was a time when misgendering someone was so funny, it had its own SNL sketch called Pat. It was a time when men drank Bud Light, not men in dresses. It was a time before Target started selling tucking swimsuits. It was a time before you could identify as whatever sex you wanted. It was a time when pronouns were taught in English class, not debated in the halls of Congress. It was a time when terrorists were people who wanted to blow up America, not Americans protesting an election. It was a time when domestic terrorists were those from extremist cults, not parents at a school board meeting. 2001 was the last time the federal government ran a budget surplus. Now we're running more than a trillion dollar deficit. It was a time when Democrats thought President Bush's stupidity disqualified him for office. But today, it seems to be the litmus test for having the job. It was a time that Democrats opposed senseless wars like Iraq, yet today they pledge allegiance to the war in Ukraine. It was a time when Democrats openly criticized a presidential election and questioned Bush's legitimacy as a result. Now they claim elections are perfect and merely asking questions is a threat to democracy. It was a time before cancel culture and Me Too. It was the last time that everyone was on Team America. So much has changed in just a couple of decades.
Who wins in all this division and acrimony? The man, the powers that be, the deep state, globalists, the military industrial complex, big pharma, the World Economic Forum, the Council on Foreign Relations, the Trilateral Commission, the Bilderberg Group, Bohemian Grove. Whatever name you want to give it, Americans are not in control of their own government anymore. Those in the ivory towers grabbed power after 9-11, using it as an excuse for robbing someone of their liberties. They then grabbed our culture and perverted it. As Andrew Breitbart said, politics is downstream from culture. Sowing division between red and blue America sure doesn't serve our national interest. It does, however, line the war chests of our politicians with more money to get us to select them as false heroes, to get them to save us from the problems that they created. So every time you tap on some clickbait, you know, the videos titled Libtar Gets Schooled or Conservative Destroys Liberal, right-winger leaves lefty wrecked. Just pause and think, who are you helping? What is this doing to further the cause? How is this solving the problems that are being discussed? Why are you only interested in videos that pit American against American? Why is it that the right mocks, laughs, and besmirches the left for their clothes, for their hair? Why is it that the right loves to make fun of someone for being fat or not feminine or masculine enough? Why is it that the so-called religious right is more of a bully culture? Don't know what version of the Bible they're reading, but it sure isn't godly. It's definitely not what Jesus would do. And for the left, why do you profess to be tolerant but then call people stupid for their religion or for their opposition to statements like, men can get pregnant? Why do you accuse people of being transphobic for disagreeing with the lifestyle or for using the wrong pronoun? Just think of how all of this changed in sign 11. We see each other as the enemy. As long as we fight with each other, we can't take on the real enemy, the ones who have destroyed our country from the inside out, the ones that decreed lockdowns, forced us to wear masks, mandated vaccines, and robbed us of our businesses, schools, and community. To paraphrase a line from the Chris Hedges book, America, The Farewell Tour, divisions among the oppressed are gifts to the oppressor.